to present from Manchester, England. This is the main event. Yes, hello and welcome. This is the main event, Monday, 8th of August. We're joined in the studio here with uh, local trainer Joe Pennington and also local boxer Tommy Stubbs. Also, Eric Guy. Is it videographer, Eric? How do you describe yourself? Uh, I'd say cameraman be easier. People can't say videographer. <laughs> <laughs> cameraman to all the stars. So uh, it's going to be a big show. And we've also got Glyn Leach as well on the phone. So looking forward who, who to it. Who is the editor of the Boxing Monthly? Exactly, yeah. So For it's all good. people who don't know. Yeah. If you want to get in contact with us, you can uh, join us at www.maineventboxingshow.co.uk and you can get in involved with us or get in touch at info at maineventboxingshow.co.uk OK, we're going to start the show today with studio guests as, you know, as we always do. Joe, we're going to kick it all off with you, yeah, mate. no problem. You're in here today with Tommy Stubbs, but, you know, you do train Craig Watson as well, yeah. so we're going to go back to that and just sort of talk a little bit no about problem. Craig yeah, Watson no because, um, obviously, his last two outings have not, not been too good, so no. uh, what went wrong, mate? I think it was after the O'Donnell fight, he trained really good for that one, and um, he had two weeks off, and then yeah. they phoned him up to fight on the MEN bill, which yeah. is six weeks later. Yeah, I mean, he can't so he had build, six weeks yeah. preparation after being relaxing for two weeks I think it was just too short and too quick and when he got in the ring he was, just was flat training but he just was flat and I think yeah. he overborrowed himself you know overtrained himself do you think he maybe underestimated Purdy I don't think that he no, underestimated him we didn't because no. I know yeah, how good he is like, yeah, yeah. he's aggressive and he's non-stop puncher and the sparring partners up he had in the gym was like him very aggressive kids but um, he just wasn't there he was flat you know what I mean and he yeah. didn't feel good when he got in there and he was down there at the weight early yeah. which is better but he just felt weak and slow and yeah. got caught with a good shot which he never normally gets hurt never gets hurt in the ring you've seen times yeah. sparring he gets hurt so I just couldn't understand why he got hurt I asked him questions afterwards and he just told me he was just didn't feel good training wise he didn't feel good in yeah, the gym he, even. he said that like because I've yeah. seen the, um, the interview afterwards like and he said he felt weak and all that kind of stuff so what went wrong in the second fight then because well then he got told the rematch is on and he's coming to the gym he just didn't seem happy in the gym he was training but didn't seem to fully focus if you know what I mean yeah, sparring wasn't going as good as it normally does he just yeah. didn't seem to be what a bit he's out he's gone out of it for some reason training and getting sick of training moaning about training twice a day which we've always done yeah. with all my pros you know you morning session yeah, then you're yeah, yeah. we've always done that but all the morning so I knew something was wrong but we just had to push through it and got through it and then end up just giving up in the fifth round just yeah. out in him so my legs have gone I was going to jump in the ring anyway and stop it it just wasn't there what's happening now then is he he's having a six month out of the gym all together right. told out of the gym right. to see if he can you know, get himself back in shape I, I and, you know, he's only 28 he's got loads of time and he's a proper prospect he's no <coughs> more no. Yeah, just, no, no. the fights are too close together and he, he likes to have a bit of time out and then come out and train for the fight and prepare for 10 weeks or 12 where this time it was all chopping and starting like six weeks training. Then he got beat, and then he had a rematch, and he was up for it, but just wasn't, wasn't clicking. I mean, Jim, yeah, it just yeah. wasn't happening. Do you think is it a fight that you'll take again, Purdy, or is that it now? Do you think you yeah, go down that road again? Because yeah. it's one of them. If you keep fighting the same kid like that all the time, you're gonna come in that ring with your mind thinking about he's beat me twice, knockout twice. Yeah, yeah. But class as knockout. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be no good. He needs to fight someone different, and he probably fight better against someone different. It was the same with Brian when he got beat by Maxwell. Maxwell, yeah. yeah Brian said to me, "I want to fight him again." I went, "Well, I don't want you to fight him again." I went, "Why?" You know, it's kind of it was different. It wasn't a yeah. title fight with Maxwell. I said, "It's pointless." Yeah, it's no good. You know, he's caught you once clean. That's it. Forget that. You're never going to take that away. No. You're never going to change the past by beating Maxwell. If you beat Maxwell this time, it won't take it away that you got not out of last time. So it's, it's it's a pointless exercise. Yeah. It's not for a title. It's no. not for anything. Because Brian wanted to fight me, and I said no. no there's no point. Dangerous. And then it, you know, he shows himself. Max Maxwell goes out and gets done in one round. Didn't yeah, yeah. It? Mm. So it, it was a pointless fight. It was it's a pride thing, though, wasn't it? You've been beat off. Well, yeah, but it's, it's up to us and like us yeah. as trainers. Our yeah. job is to, to kind of calm them yeah. down with that, isn't it, Joe? 
know, yeah, it's, it was yeah. different with with, um, with Watson because it was the title fight. So, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got to train on percent, and it just didn't seem to happen. Turn up at the gym, he just seemed to be not there. If you know what I mean? It's strange though because yeah. he was in um, Craig just before the O'Donnell fight, and he was he was so up for it. Wanted, yeah, yeah when he come in the gym for that fight, he was like on fire. <laughs> yeah, everything I mean. was done. He wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. You know, yeah, I mean? he really yeah, got stuck yeah. into it. He really wanted to do it. You get with these kids as well. Is it? They come in the gym and they train. Now, if they've got a problem outside, they won't tell you. So it makes it makes our job five hundred times harder. Yeah. Like with Brian, you know, with, with Brian, I've got, I've got to say to him, what's up with you? Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing. Yeah. And after the day, massive big explosion, and then he tells me what's wrong. I think Kevin Mitchell was a classic case of that. Yeah. Not telling the trainers what he was doing, yeah. what his problems were, yeah. and all of a sudden he got beat by Katsidis. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of problems. These kids, these kids that, that turn pro, they turn pro, and then all of a sudden, everybody knows them, and, and they're in a yeah. bit of a blaze of glory, you know what I mean? And it, it's, girls are chasing them. Yeah, it's very hard. Well, that never happened to me, Joe. But. No, but that's because you didn't, you know, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> You get a lot, of, you get a lot, of, a lot of stuff pulling you away from the gym, or you different things. And with a little bit of fame comes more problems. Yeah, and yeah. That's the way it is. And you need your kids to be telling you what's going on outside as well as inside. Because we're not mind readers. Yeah. I know we're great at that's what right. we do. But we're not mind readers. Some like Craig would do. Come to the gym, Does sit it? down with me, and say, "This is what was wrong with me for that fight, Joe." Tell what that. he feels. That's what I'd like him to say. But yeah. you just go away for weeks and don't tell you when they come back to start training again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell you what was really wrong with him. Yeah, which you need to know. Yeah, but you need to know what was wrong with him. What yeah, something going on at home or something? Or exactly. I know he's having a baby, and that, and that could cause problems in the head. And that, I mean, yeah. well, I don't know what was up him. It's class, classic what know. you just said there with Kevin Mitchell. It's yeah. a lot. It's yeah. more, you know, ninety percent of it. It's yeah. mental in it. Yeah. If you've not got oh, that yeah. right, you might as well call it. Before Brian's last fight, his girlfriend was due to have the baby, so we put a couple of things in place that, like, if she went into labour when we was going to the weigh-in, she wasn't going to tell him. No one was going to say anything. Yeah. If we were set off to go for the weigh-in, they weren't going to tell him. His family weren't going to tell him. He was going to let her have the baby and everything okay do you know what I mean yeah as look at whether it was lucky or not but the day before the wedding she went into labour and it was up all night while she had the baby you know what I mean so it was a bit stressed wasn't it oh yeah it was hard work it was really hard work but you know because we knew what was going on and and it was open with me we knew to put things into place yeah yeah but if they don't tell you yeah exactly you're not gonna know yeah Uh, Joe going back to you then mate who else do you train at the gym now you know north side Tommy Stubbs now just turning pro he's there yeah no very experienced amateur three times ABA champion that fighting at bantamweight first fight 24th of September Pons Fours last night in Sheffield on the uh, Atom promotions is signed up with Athens, be a deal with them, so yeah. don't go to London. That no, you got to travel all the way down there for fights. They sent you to Belfast fighting, traveling all the time. Plus, yeah. you don't get many fights. Where with Athens, you get at least six fights a year, you made more. What you want, innit? Yeah, that's what, what I want. want yeah. Keep nice and busy. Plus, you got a few Adam Little who's fighting in Blackpool in two weeks on the Matty Askin bill, and Matthew Atten's on it. He's had two pro fights, <coughs> one and both. One his first one by a knockout, and the second one on points. But he's Lovely. looking like a good prospect. He's been sparring with Watson for the last three years, you know, as an amateur, and he's been pro now for uh, about six months. Really? He's looking like a good prospect, really good prospect. Makes that transition easier, won't it? Yeah, because he's been training with the pros. For yeah, years. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Same as Tommy's been spamming pros for like two or three years now. Lovely, sweet. So, Tommy, just talking to you, mate. Um, you know, you're the former ABA champion. Three obviously. times. Three times. Three times, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, as Joe just said, you're turning pro soon. But was it was it true that you're supposed to be fighting at the Olympics? Um, yeah, but I got released partly for not performing, but it's mainly politics and amateur boxing now. If you face fits, you like get part of the picture. Right, yeah, I, yeah. Like the lad, I beat kids like in the Europeans, 
in the world. It's been a commerce. I've obviously done it. I've done a lot in amateur. Obviously, now it's time to turn pro. Obviously, people skills. Nice one. So, how did you get into boxing? When did you first want to lace on the gloves and get in the gym? Like, because I was an active kid and that I used to do, do jujitsu and that. And um, I come to a street fight. I did nothing. So my dad took me to college in Boston, and I was there for three years. And then come to Joe's gym. I stayed there ever since. Just, I'm a fitness kid. Right. I had like ADHD. Yeah, yeah. I used to have Ritalin to calm me down. I was always an active kid. Well, which boxers you into at the moment? Then who's who's around at the minute? Like, you know what I mean? Who's obviously, your idols? Obviously, Fly Mayer at the minute. Obviously, yeah. the best out in it. Pacquiao. I think everyone says that, don't they? Well, nice to hear some because, because it's right. I know exactly. The two best fighters out there. Yeah, so a few years ago, it was me and Joe, wasn't it, Joe? Joe and the war. Yeah, yeah. yeah Joe and the war. Me and, me and Joe used to, you know, yeah. take all the glory around there, yep. didn't we, mate? Yep. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> better now, I think it's better now, though, for boxing. Yeah. Manchester and that. The boxers are getting more it's come re- proper. Come right come again, to the fore, it's funny, all winning titles because they're getting right jobs done. Yeah, like years ago, they used to give £10 away, go to London, and get beat up and come back. And, I mean, it's no good, that. No, yeah. Uh, My fighters, they make sure they're the right weight when they fight. I've got a journeyman there that fights every you know, every week. I make sure the fight's right. And he gets in there, he gets out there, no problem. He's had 26 fights in 26 months. Right. Shows how good he is. Well, you know, he's, he's not yeah, brilliant, but he's a fit saying, lad. Yeah. I remember Billy Graham saying to me one time, he said, always, always bring your fighters. You know, even non title fights, if, if the promoter asks you to bring him in at whatever he brings him in, make sure you bring him in, he said, because if you don't, the matchmaker will say, oh, don't worry about it. He said, then the next time, they'll bring in every kid. Yeah. And when you say, hey, he's heavier, they'll go, hey, well, we'll let you off last time. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. So you have to bring your kids well, in. Well, I've, I've had to tell the promoters, you yeah. know, and then we read in at 10 stone 10 at your call. Yeah. The kids went at 10 stone 13. I've told them straight, it's wrong, and then they paid a boxer. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Done it, your call. We will say, you know. Done it twice. Done at Leeds Football Club with the kid who come in at 11 stone, should have been 10 10. Right. And the boxer then pays out his wages, our boxer, forfeit yeah. fee. Yeah. Right, and £100 it? or £200, whatever it is. So, how would you describe yourself as a fighter? And if, you know, for people that have not seen you fight yet, what sort of style have you got? Um, it's like Nazim style. Like, right. people can't find, like, throw punches that I don't know for myself. Flash when, when I see the opening, yeah. yeah. I just see the opening and I throw the punches. Good footwork, and I used to ballroom dance as a kid, my final. It's a classic hit and don't get hit. Obviously. Yeah. Good. That's how he does it. It's the name like, of the game, like people think it's a coward's way out, but no, no. what's the point in taking punch when you don't need to? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Is it, you know, it's a night contest, and if you see by his features, yeah, do not look Never, like ever. Since I've been boxing, never had a bloody nose. No, he's yeah. exciting to about... watch. Though you know, he's exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. He's better than the gym because he's sparring pros. And amateurs, he has to have his guard up and he's picking punches. So. Is, it, is it hard to train a boxer like that? No, because I train amateurs as well. So I've got like five amateurs, national champions every single year. You know, for the last twelve years. Yeah, yeah. As you know, we see him at the shows every time in the finals. Always there in the ABAs or juniors or schoolboys or national boys club. So when you train them, you're training for the computer scoring. So when you're watching the matches, you see now that the computer's working. So you know the scores. So then you know guard up, backhand's working or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. when the body shots are being not scored for, when you see lads throwing body shots and not getting scored for, you just tell them don't throw the body shots. Yeah. Unless you can bang. Body shots no. In no. 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 Start to do it again. St- they started in international. <coughs> international. The scoring's changed. Stupid. Stupid. Like, what's all that about? Don't know. Because when he got his guard up like they do, like Tommy's boxing his guard mm, up, yeah. he's taking shots. Yeah. It looked like he was getting beat, but then he throw a few combinations, land them, yeah. and he sit down and be winning two 0 I bet your boxing's gone boring. It's just crap. It's like fencing. It's fencing. It's really, really not right, is it? The way it does. You know I mean? Club shows is like it's open, you no, know, it's open boxing. You just drop the guard a bit and let the natural style come out. You know what I mean, the hands yeah, down yeah. and all that, which is a club show. Mm. But for computer scoring, we all work on it in the gym. Hands up, tight defence, block all the shot and then count punch and just right. go through the motion line. When you sit down in the corner, you know what score it is. If it's two one to you, you know to keep doing what you're doing. Next time, go out and do a little bit more, change it a little bit. But yeah. just all it is is tight guard in the amateur now. Mm. The Irish yeah. have got to a T. That's why they're all winning honours of fights because the Irish are really good at it. Yeah, yeah. Tommy boxed at Barnes. 
Um, yeah, Barnes. Paul and Barnes twice. Well. Commonwealth Games and England moves Ireland. Something he got beat by him by I think one point. It's just it's stupid the way he scored. It's like two bad stand with that guard up. It's no good. It's not boxing. No, it isn't boxing. You don't see anybody punches anymore. No, no. no. I mean, Clyde McIntosh. You remember Clyde McIntosh about twenty odd years ago? Fantastic body punch. Got all the way to the ABA finals. Lost to Tony Adams. Nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, that's so everything. Good, good body punch. I don't know. He was in the finals there. Yeah. Eric Noy, yeah. yeah. That was it. Well, I'm trained now at the uh, Golden Boys. It's up in the gym, isn't it? Up in the gym, yeah. yeah. So, um, what, what weight are you going to fight at, Tommy, when you turn pro? Bad no weight, then, obviously. Bad. I can drop down to, like, flyweight. It's a challenge for a title. What changes are you going to make, Joe? If any, you know, I don't know. Well. I'm just making just it stronger. Gonna... The way he's training for the amateurs was just basically just come in and train. It was only three, three rounds, two minutes, three, three minutes, or four twos. Yeah. You know, in different championships. Just train nice and lightly, but now because he's fighting four threes and he's going to step up to six threes and maybe eight threes, you've got to turn a bit different. A bit more endurance work and a yeah, bit more. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, you know, stamina work and strength work. Yeah, it'll be pretty easy for him now because you've already been doing. He's been with us. Yeah. He's been maintaining pros, but not as much as like they're all calling for training like he does. Yeah, but yeah. He ain't got to train like them. He's not trained for twelve rounds and six rounds. He's trained for three, three and ABAs. They're all calling for training lightly, but he only yeah. has to do a certain amount. <laughs> then he's on the pads and he's finished. But yeah. they're all moaning because he's yeah. finished. Got to train hard now. Start playing my feet. I'll keep moving, but style's different. Like it's people it's like it. Turns out without you know, he just does it naturally. Just, in, and all that in the amateurs, yeah. in the ABAs, he wouldn't do it because he's working to it like say tight guard and just getting the points. So when he sits down, he knows what score it is. Just keeps doing what he's doing. Yeah. And he just step well, up what, the what, speed what up. What he's saying is an absolute nightmare. He is a nightmare. Yeah. 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 You think you're close and you're getting two minutes down the side and bang on it. You know what I mean? It's kids like Paul Butler. He just stands in the middle of the ring saying, "Stop running." That's not running, but I want the back foot and they come and just hit him and and they keep moving. Paul Butler's a very good boxer. Yeah, good boxer. Him twice and I'm actually beat him twice, but he can't stand me. He's had three four fights, three wins, so he's doing well. But, like, but he's at yeah. the same weight, really, 50, 54 kilo, eight stone six. So, do you study any boxers, or do you just kind of is it just your own style? Or have you kind of taken little bits from? Well, when I was like 14 to 16, I did a box for two years because yeah. I was like so like I was watching videos and like pick things out and I just tried new things in the ABAs and it worked. So I stuck to the style and I just got more awkward. Right. Like I was sharp, just to focus on like certain things. People can't adapt to it because I'm always about moving my head and they can't hit me and I'm moving the ropes, turn them. I try and get in the red like wind them up. <laughs> and then that's when they lose a rag and no, I think that's that's good really, yeah. because then they, they fall in get angry and exactly. catch them yeah. right thing to do really do you know what I mean so who are the Manchester boxers and you, do you like around at the minute there's a lot of talent in Manchester yeah, yeah, I mean, it's flying in it the North West so, think Crawler's doing yeah. pretty well Crawler's yeah. doing well Crawler's doing well yeah, yeah there's a lot of people a lot of the areas go through stages though don't they Yeah, three or four year stages because a few years ago it used to be Liverpool and now it's the Manchester area mm. London's not I don't think London's as busy as it used to be because yeah, we don't have big fighters obviously Kevin Mitchell's come through now and David Hay yeah being good like well, sweet. That's the VIP. That's who Frankie's All the other fighters were yeah. out of London. Yeah. yeah. You've got Pricey. Tyson yeah, Fury's not a Londoner. He's from Manchester. Manchester yeah. So I think Should London's we... sort of swaying out, out a little bit. We'll probably see after the Olympics. I think yeah, that's yeah. when London may, may start picking up a bit more. Yeah. At the moment, it, it is more northern. Liverpool. It Manchester. is, yeah. There's not many London kids on the team, though, to be fair. There's like Martin yeah. Ward. That's it, really, to be fair. There's no one else. They've got the heavyweight. Mm. Most of them are like Birmingham. Joshua. He's not bad. Joshua. Sweet. Lovely. What we're going to do then, lads, you know, obviously, you're going to stick around for the for the whole of the show but we were, we're asking a question today which boxer sort of stood out for you in you know the, in the last year that you think you American know, and English so well just, yeah you know, here or, or abroad kind of thing American me American, American yeah, I've known it? him since he was a young kid and followed him all his career most managers yeah. of boxing yeah oh, i got a beat off him like, but they all performed good against him yeah Craig knocked him down didn't he? Craig, Craig finished yeah. him but just yeah, yeah, was yeah, one yeah, I, that that one. I was there that night watching it he did beat him he did beat him yeah everyone was climbing in the ring at the end nearly one thing that was him Craig what's on the floor 
fight with him over. Yeah. Because the rules are, as soon as you hit the deck, it's an eight count. And I'm just... It didn't yeah. start counting. It started counting. Right. So yeah. my trainer sat down the corner. So Craig to get in the white corner, neutral. By that time, time was up, just recovering and then yeah. just threw a load of fast punches and the bell went. Yeah. So the fight was over. Man, and he had to fight again in the end at night. Yeah, and he got his nose four or five seconds, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We counted on the video, it was like 14 seconds. Yeah. Permitting the deck. Madness, madness. What about you, Tommy? Who stood out for you this year? I thought all Scott Craig's performed really well, to be fair, I think. He's come from nowhere. Like, he was good amateur. He's focused and he really he's got his mind on things he wants to yeah. be the best he's just won a title now hasn't he yeah, he's yeah, he's dedicated him. Yeah. Dedicated. yeah a couple of weeks ago he looks, looks yeah. great yeah like um, people face he's not, he's not boxing no one obviously he boxes who's in front of you yeah. hopefully he might be boxing Jason Booth next to him I was just going to say well he's got a big test anyway yeah. so we'll soon find out how good he is like when he did his last fight he used his jab for the first round he started working things off the jab because he's not done a 12 round fight before so obviously he'll pace himself so obviously he's learning so it depends what happens next for him yeah no it's exciting that fight can't wait for it what we're going to do lads we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll come back we'll go on the phone with Glyn Leach and we'll talk to Eric but uh, for the listeners out there if you want to get in uh, contact with us it's info at maineventboxingshow.co.uk you can phone in the studio and give us um, your boxer who stood out for you have you got yours yet Bobby or are you having a think no I've not got one yet right have uh, a think and, uh, if you want to get in contact via the studio it's 0161-248-6767 this is the Main Event Boxing Show we're going to take a quick break Yeah, this is the main event on All FM 96.9. We're joined on the phone now with Glyn Leach. Hello, Glyn. Hello, mate. How are you doing? How are you doing, Glyn? Thanks for joining us, mate. Obviously, yeah, you're um, the editor of the boxing magazine, Boxing Monthly. The first question I've got, mate, for you today is how did you get into boxing? And um, more importantly, how did you get involved with the magazine? Uh, well, I mean, I think um, I was just a general boxing fan. I got to be quite a hardcore boxing fan in my uh, late teens when um, I was born and raised in Acton, West London, and there was a scouse uh, welterweight called Rocky Kelly who based himself there. But, you know, he was just an exciting fighter. And that's when I really got into it rather than watching TV. That was when I started to follow fighters around. The magazine, um, basically, my wife at the time saw an advert in the uh, London Evening Standard saying, new boxing weekly magazine started, uh, no experience required. So I thought, well, no experience required. I can't even type so yeah I'll have a go at that I fit that bill I didn't get the job I came second but um, then I got made redundant and um, I just offered to go in and, and work for nothing for a few days and that was on a, a paper called Boxing Weekly which was Boxing Monthly's sister publication at the time Yeah, it, it was um, only lasted a year it was uh, doomed to fail basically it was just four kids slammed in an office with absolutely no experience I got made assistant editor in two weeks you know that, that shows a lack of experience there. And that was basically just because I, I had a bit of work experience and a work ethic, you know, from doing other sorts of work entirely because I wasn't, I'm not trained in journalism um, or anything like that. And um, yeah, so much to and fro in. Boxing Monthly started about 23 years ago. I started writing for it about four issues in. And um, after a couple of years, I think it had gone into receivership twice. There was two separate owners of the company and um, both times it went into receivership, not through any fault of Boxing Monthly's, but it was a small publishing house and Boxing Monthly was supporting a load of other magazines which weren't making any money. So when the company went down the last time, me and my partner of today, uh, Nigel Baker, business partner I might add, um, we went down the pub <laughs> after work and said, um, well, why don't we just try and carry on with Boxing Monthly, see what we can do to um, actually go about you know, just running the one magazine. In the end, we, we ended up 
up buying the title for five grand, which we didn't have. We got that on tick, basically, paid a bit to the fellow every month. And, um, well, you know, first few years were, were pretty difficult because the old company had, had run up a fair few debts. And it's a small industry, so you have to work with the same people who the old company had run up the debts against. <laughs> so we, we had to basically charm our way back in, which was um, more Nigel's uh, thing than me. I'm not very good at charming people. And um, <laughs> it was, um, and from there, we just sort of carried on. Sweet. Strength to strength from, from then on in. What can people expect from the magazine, Glenn? I think what we've always tried to do is provide a bit of an overview. And we're, we're at a situation now where most of the people who have been writing for it have, have been covering boxing for over 20 years. It, it, and some further than that. I mean, Graham Houston and Steve Farhood have both, they've been editors of Boxing News and The Ring. So they've been around a long time. So really what, what we look to do is um, it's impossible for a monthly magazine to really be news orientated particularly in this day and age where you've got the internet yeah. um, and you know boxing news and the daily papers and that. now and again you can you can pull off a, a little coup I mean in this issue I, I don't I think I was the first person to mention that uh, Mayweather Ortiz was going to be on prime time and also that Sky are dropping the idea of pay-per-views you can get the odd thing in now and again but you can't compete on a news front yeah. um, so you have to drop that idea and really you just have to you, you kind of take a little stand back and then just try and provide your reading of the whole situation, which, with the amount of experience we got on board, I think we can do quite a good job on that these days. Yeah, because you do it um, home and abroad as well, don't you? You've got an editor in the States as well. Yeah, Graham's, um, Graham's over in the States. He manages that side of things. Um, I mean, I do all the production from London, but Graham, um, you know, coordinates a few things over there for us, so that's very lucky. He's very experienced. He basically taught me everything I knew. Excellent. So what are the more memorable interviews that you've had in the magazine, then? <laughs> can think back on. Eric, Eric Guy, have you, have you interviewed Eric Guy? <laughs> never have, right. never have. He's sat in the studio here, by the way, before you start <laughs> calling. <laughs> no, never have. Right. Um, but probably uh, most memorable, maybe the, the first one I did with Riddick Bowe when um, I went over to, uh, it was my first trip to the States and my flight was late getting in and that and, uh, you know, I arrived in New York and I was about an hour off the plane and then I was, like, ushered in uh, the hotel room with the, the world heavyweight champion at the time and I was completely out of my depth and nervous. <laughs> and um, it, luckily enough, um, Bo was actually a very friendly person and the, the people around him were very good too and they made me feel at home pretty quickly. But uh, God, did I feel out out of my depth that day. <laughs> so, just, just through the fear factor, I'd say that's the most memorable. Um, there's been some pretty funny ones. Torgay Luis Gonzalez, who infamously I tipped to beat Riddick Bo. Um, he, he was amusing just because um, it was through a translator and I knew damn well that what he was saying, they weren't telling me. <laughs> he was coming out with some ridiculous stuff in Spanish, which I could understand just a little bit. Um, but I wasn't getting the full story. So that, yeah, that was good fun. Lovely. So what do you look for in writers then, Glenn? You know, when someone comes to you looking to help out, what is it that you look for in a writer? First thing, and, it, and this might sound um, uh, a little bit obvious, is, is literacy these days. Um, I mean, re- really, you want, you want people who can, who've got their punctuation in place and stuff like that. And, and quite honestly, there, there are a lot of people who, who approach us, and we get, do get approached an awful lot trying to write um, for us, and, and they haven't even got that sorted out. I'm not so much of a stickler on the trained journalists, front simply because I didn't come from that background myself so mm. I mean if you've got a good boxing knowledge and basically your English language is okay then um, you stand a chance we know what to do with it and aside from that 
I mean, it's very easy for people to apply for a job saying, yeah, I, I want to um, preview Hay Klitschko for you. And it's just like, well, actually, you know, we've got people who've been here for years who, who are going to do the big fights, mate. You come in on, on a lower level than that. <laughs> um, and um, it, quite often you find that there isn't really the, the depth of knowledge there. Um, so, you know, of, of all the people that, that do apply, and you're probably talking one in 20 that are in with a shot, really, even. I try to get new people involved. I mean, what I'd really like to do, where we set up to do it, would be actually have people working alongside me in the office. So, I mean, that's the only way to, to really bring a writer or writers on in the way I would want to do it the way I'd want to do it because mm. um, you can't do it by email or phone. You, you really need to be sat on rather like Graham Houston did with me. You know, he, he, um, he crippled me with criticism um, quite a lot early on when he was over in London and I was working with him. But, um, you know, it was all valid criticism and you take it on board and, and you go on from there. But you know, be, that would be ideal. I'd love, I'd love it if we, if we were in a situation to actually employ other writers. But, you know, we're, we're an independent published magazine unlike boxing news which has got a, a big publishing house behind it publishes all manner of other things aside from boxing mm. news we just publish boxing monthly that's our business and it ticks over you know nobody's going to get rich but it, it ticks over but we can't really afford the luxury of having um, other writers in-house I mean most of our writers um, are uh, freelance right excellent so what can we look out for in the next edition mate next edition looks quite busy got a very good um, Tyson Fury interview which I think is going to be quite interesting um, stuff that hasn't really been dealt with before Frankie Gavin interview um, Dave Coldwell I think that's going in um, interview with the Warren Brothers preview wise it's a little bit quiet because there isn't that much going on at the moment obviously mm, yeah um, but, yeah, no, a few things like that, usual, usual stuff we do, basically. Excellent, excellent. And have you got a website, mate, just before we leave you? Have you got a website, and where can people pick up a copy? Yeah, well, um, it's in Smiths all the time. The website is www.boxing-monthly.co.uk. Excellent. The last question we've got today, mate, uh, we're in the studio, and we're sort of discussing who's uh, been the best fighter of the past season for, for listeners and for ourselves. Who's yours, mate? Have you got a fighter that stood out for you this year? I think... Um, Really, I'd, I'd have to say Amir. Um, so, mm. I mean, l- looking at it, it, in terms of world achievement, it had come down to um, between him and Carl Froch. And, you know, Amir's had the one more fight. And while Froch's win over Arthur Abraham was, you know, terrific, yeah. I think that was waiting to be done. It was a tactical win. Um, it was one of those that um, somebody just had to fathom out Abraham style and, and a big super middleweight like Carl could do that um, he, he could actually box that but, but I think for Amir to actually um, go and feature in you know, a, a very real contender for fight of the year against Maidana in a good year for fights of the year too it was, it, it, there were some, some big matches out there yeah, it was. Um, and then um, you know, the McCloskey fight wasn't that great but I think um, not having um, Alex Arisa conditioning him for that may have may have been a fault of, uh, been a factor, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then um, to, to unify or part unify the division against Judah I, th- I don't think there's much competition to Amir Khan at the moment for fight of the year yeah no it's, it's hard to disagree with that one definitely yeah. Glenn we're going to have to leave it there mate but I'd like to thank you for coming on the show today very welcome thanks for having me uh, no worries and hopefully we'll speak to you again in the future no problem cheers Glenn thanks Ta-da. mate ok Glenn Leach editor of Boxing Monthly magazine good interview there I good was going to ask him to repeat it because obviously we've been in the pecking order and here I'm 
right at the bottom because I didn't have any headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> I was sat here like a fool. <coughs> You'll have to uh, tune into the podcast, mate. Yeah, I'll have to. Know, uh, but, uh, There's a technical on a computer. You yeah, know how to do that? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Right, lads, we're going to uh, move on. We're going to talk to Eric now, mate. We've not got a lot of time, so we might as well jump straight into it. Eric, you've been in sport, you know yeah. what I mean, a, a long, long time. Can you tell us, for the listeners out there who don't know who Eric Guy is, or can you tell us how you got involved with boxing and what it is you do? Well, obviously, I used to box when I was young. I was in the army, and uh, I left the army, and what happened, God rest his soul, Gary Mason, I used to train down at the Royal Oak, and Gary Mason was boxing on Barry Hearn's first promotion. Um, and, of course, Gary at that time was big, and always on BBC. Barry Hearn's first promotion, no TV at South End, Cliffs Hall, 100 people and two dogs, I think, turned up for the show Gary uh, stopped the guy I think it was either Sammy Scaff or Andre Von Ottolar um, boxers on the bill come up and asked for a video and I thought oh, there's a market here and that's how I started I was, I was training down at the Lonsdale gym training with a guy called Rod Douglas who was a great amateur I've been about five ABA titles went yeah. pro with Mickey Duff made his debut at the Grosvenor asked me to come along and film it done that ended up doing all Mickey Duff shows all Barry Hearn shows yeah. obviously met up with Frank Maloney who was Mickey Duff's matchmaker Frank was just started promoting then and I've been with Frank ever since really I've been his right hand man his chauffeur bodyguard right Confidant, doing about some shows, started off later on doing um, Frank Warren shows as well. So basically, I was the number one. There was another video guy at the time called Steve Holdsworth, who's, who's a commentator for Eurosport, who doesn't do as much now. Um, and that's how I started. Obviously, been with Lennox from day one. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Ben, when um, Frank took over with Ambrose Mendy, yeah. uh, the Eubank years, Watson was a very good friend of mine. You know, So I've grown up and I filmed all the, the amateurs and they turned pro. David Hay. Yeah, yeah. Film didn't get disqualified, double disqualification at yeah, the age of 14. Yeah, telling me, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Why did he get disqualified for? They're both holding. Dave don't remember who it was. He just said, I was another, another BUM, I was boxing. Yeah. But they both got disqualified. I think... A double disqualification. Double disqualification is at Milton Keynes, schoolboys. Deal. I think they had head guards on as well then. Yeah, it's got to be the best job in boxing, hasn't it? Or one of them, definitely. Very, very lucky. I got in at the right time. Yeah. And at the time, no one was really videoing boxing. Mm. They had BBC and that was it. There was not ITV in them days. You know, filming in London until Warren started doing it in, a, in the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. You know, with Keith Wallace and uh, Terry Marsh. Is it true that you've got, because I've heard a rumour, you've got the biggest boxing library in Europe? I've got the largest private fight tape library in Europe, yeah. Wow. Everyone says, oh, we see a lot of fights. They don't realise how much I see, because I do amateur shows, so maybe two or three a week of that. So how many, would you say, top fights you've got in this library? Then? Are you how talk, many top so- fights? How many, how many fights? Tens I of thousands? Yeah. I've probably got about 9,000 videotapes. Right, and that's wow. of shows. It isn't just one fight. Wow. So everything is on the undercard of a main event. I've got it. I've even got Tommy as a youngster. Tommy Stubbs here. Watch yeah. fight. Watch Before fight. he started shaving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So if you could only save one, one because you know you've got some classics there. Yeah. Right? You know, no, no one, you know, people probably haven't even seen. If you could only save one sort of piece of footage, what's the one that sort of your prized possession? I would think probably the rarest one would be Lennox Lewis against Steve Garber in Hull. It was Lennox's third fight. We didn't have TV. Um, there's only fight of Lennox never ever filmed obviously I filmed all the shows Um, and Steve Garber Manchester lad head to head with Lennox started to wind Lennox up he got in a bit of a a row but Lennox soon stopped him that's probably the rarest one Uh, it's never ever been shown on TV ever brilliant excellent so what's what's sort of the most memorable nights for you then did you do the McClellan Ben one yeah Joe McClellan Nigel Ben um, I was filming there and actually in them days I was doing commentary as well and I said at the beginning (laughs) I said if Nigel gets past the first three rounds he could win it because I went to watch McClellan train at the um, Peacock Gym. And what was it that you seen in the training and that? I see that um, he started dropping his hands after a few rounds and that that was only just on the pads and shadow boxing but you can see it. You know, the first round he was going very fast and he was sort of slowing down a little bit and 
stopping them. That was a fight, wasn't it? Oh, that was. Yeah. Uh, despite <laughs> despite the, the end result, I mean, you yeah. shouldn't really look at it all the time. No. But for the actual atmosphere, yeah. one of the most fantastic fights. The other one was a guy called Ian John Lewis against Trevor Smith. Ian the John Lewis. Ian John, the referee. Yeah, the referee. Yeah, they boxed for the Southern Area title. It was at Battersea Leisure Centre. And I think Ian John Lewis went down about six times and Trevor Smith went down about three. And it was one of them small hall classics. Actually, I had three cameras filming it. I thought it would be that good a fight. And I had Mark Baker, who obviously turned pro and became that's a world champion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was filming one camera and someone else. But it was just the atmosphere. And Ian John Lewis had such resilience. He kept going down and kept going back up and fighting back. And that was probably one of the... So it makes you think more fights. of him as a referee now. Yeah. He's actually <laughs> been in the ring and he's actually fought. And mm. you know what I mean? It, you know what I mean? He, you think more of him now, yeah. wouldn't you? You know, that he'd been in some wars and now he's a referee, so... At least stopped pinned, didn't he? Yeah. In that yeah. fight against Dominique. Yeah, he was... Uh, WF he, title. Yeah. It wasn't a bad fighter, actually, Ian mm. John Lewis. They said, oh, I'm the referee. I say, they know you're the referee. You're in between them at the beginning of the fight. Why you got to keep telling them? Yeah. He said, well, when I was boxing, no one knew who I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that are probably two most memorable fights of mine. Brilliant, excellent. So, who, who have you got close to then over the years? Can you socialise with any of the lads still from uh, sort of the 80s? Not as much, it? because it's different now. But years ago, I mean, we used to go out with the Royal Oak lot. You had Mickey Hughes, Jim McDonald, David Dent, Chrissy Pyatt, Gary Mason. We used to go out when everyone weren't fighting. We was all going out nightclubbing. Right. So, we don't do as much now. Probably yeah. David Hay, I'm very close to. Every time he has parties and all that, I'm always he always texts me. And I text him the day before the show and he called me back. And that was the day before the, you know... The, the fight. This fight, this fight, fight. Yeah, it's, so, it's a raw, raw topic with Bobby. This one, isn't it? Now, can I ask you something? I, I'm, I might get slated for this, but where did you see the most kickoff in the crowd? Where, where was that? You know, trouble, crowd, um, where, where was the worst? Oh, there's quite a few. There was one at the um, in Birmingham. Nigel Ben box and it was Stevie Foster yeah, against Rob McCracken I was filming from a scaffold in about 30 foot up and then Mike Goodall was on the microphone and said stop fighting you're being filmed and it's pointed to me at the top of the scaffold <laughs> <laughs> I thought why are they coming up and start moving the scaffold <laughs> uh, there was that one and another one was um, Horace Notice I know it's Derek Williams against Jean-Marie Chanet in a circus tent in Paris and it all kicked off chairs went flying I actually yeah. jumped I was filming from about 10 foot up on a table and once it started going I jumped in the ring so all that was in the ring was me the referee and the two boxers and I'm just filming everything going on around <laughs> but um, I think the McCracken and Foster yeah. was yeah. probably one of the worst Jeff McCreish was another one I think he boxed Michael Smythe at Reading I had that one all chairs went flying and yeah. unfortunately I, I wasn't at the one but years ago there was one in Scotland I think it was James Drummond and I Unfortunately, one of the boxers got cured because the medics couldn't get there in time for the that, fight. That's why now in, in a boxing ring, all the chairs are stuck together, have you noticed? Oh, yeah, is that what they're it is? All, yeah. They're all yeah, zip-tied together right. now, aren't they, all yeah. the chairs? Yeah. So how many chairs do you sit on? Bob? One yeah, or two? twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Not as many as you, eh? Bad oh. you lads, I, I, I've got to bring my own couch. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not the one with the bad back. Oh. <laughs> that's carrying all them videos of the money. <laughs> was you at the end? Did you say you was at the McCracken fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah I went down with the Champs Camp lads. Right. Bingham and that because they was on the bill as well right. honest call I, I, saw, I saw the funniest thing probably I've ever seen there there was a lad and he had all blood streaming from his from his eyes both his eyes and he was stood screaming at these these other lads and he had one of them Viking hats on <laughs> and one one of the horns had snapped off and he had, he had the horn at the front <laughs> right he was screaming at him and he went charging into them all like a rhino <laughs> 
didn't the boxer lose his belt or something? He, he, he boxed abroad and someone took the belt off him. I can't remember who it was, an English guy, an English boxer. I can't one, of, one, of, one, of, one of Billy's. I can't remember who it was, but there's an English boxer who boxed abroad, probably in France or something, it was a hostile area. Mm. And they said, Oh, can we have the belt? And he, he thought they were just getting photographs of it. They ended up nicking <laughs> it. It was a, probably your opinion. I, I, I remember Mike Gomez ringing me after we'd been in my pub in the Prince of Wales after he'd won the world title. And he went, Mate, I don't know where any of my belts are. And there was two Lonsdale belts a WBU world title belt and an IBF in the Continental belt. He went, I've not got a clue where my belts are and nobody knew where the belts was and the cleaner had just put them in the cellar. They was under the seat in the pub when everyone had gone home in the morning. Right, yeah, Six, yeah. seven o'clock, everyone had gone home <laughs> and they was just under, you know, like, just <laughs> under the seat so she didn't know what they were she just put them in the cellar with the rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> everyone running around like yeah, lunatics. Where's yeah. his belts? Uh, Eric, from the 80s to now, do you still think boxing's the same or as popular or could you, you been there right in the thick of it from the 80s I, I think it was more popular many years ago when it, a lot of fights were on BBC and ITV showing live and some delayed because people see it nobody one's got Sky yeah exactly and yeah. I, I don't think it's not as popular now as it was then because more household names and both these guys know if you want your guy to sell tickets they need to be seen on TV mm-hmm. that's the only way publicity mm-hmm. yeah good or bad will sell tickets yeah. if you do that then, then great but you have to be seen simple as that well we're hoping I mean because of the way you know with Channel 5 couple of weeks ago and stuff like hopefully yeah. it might start it's making its way back, back onto it you know what I mean because that's well, what it needs well, they only showed one fight why, didn't, why not show the undercard as well no, it, 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 was on that, they need it? to start yeah. showing a little bit more, more boxing on the TV don't they yeah. yeah, you know I mean you know, they show fishing on the television yeah. clearly me these fishing yeah. programmes I know, I know. It, you know cooking how many cookery programmes yeah you know? what's going on you know what I mean <laughs> I mean they can, they can always put a, a boxing fight on with some fishing and some cookery <laughs> couldn't they you know like roll it all into one the boxing fishing cookery channel it'd be great wouldn't it <laughs> doesn't Barry Hearn own a lot of fishing rights? He does that fishermania, doesn't he, Barry? Yeah, well, there you so, go. He could, he could do this. Oh, we'll put a few boxing bouts in between catches. Yeah. He's got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you need exposure, don't you? Exactly. You've got to have it. You've got to have it. It's a shame because there's a lot of lads who, they're hard working, they're hard working. Yeah, they're you know, and they just don't yeah. sell tickets. And, yeah. you know, I've got a kid called Craig Boardman from Wigan. You know, he's in the gym all the time, grafts his ass off in the gym, really trains hard, goes to work, comes on, goes, does everything right, but he doesn't sell a lot of tickets because yeah. he's a quiet kid. Yeah. You know, he works in an hairdresser's, nobody kind of knows he's there, do you yeah, know what I mean? And yeah. he, he just dead, he's dead unassuming, dead quiet. And, it, you know, he'll get like, still sell 20, 30 tickets, he just can't do it. Going back to years ago, I mean, the Ben Eubank fight, that wouldn't have happened without ITV and BBC. Eubank signed a deal with Sky later, mm. but the fight between Ben, Eubank and Watson, that was all shown live on ITV. Yeah, I remember watching him as a kid. You know, they, they don't do that. Now. But people say, like, the, the DeGaulle and Gross fight was, like, similar to that. No, it wasn't. No. no. You no can way. ask the average guy on the street, what is, if you show James DeGaulle and George Gross stand next to each other, you'll say, who are them two? Yeah, exactly. And they'd look and they go... Yeah. Probably dig out him and say, did he win the Olympics? But I can't think of his name. 90% of the people won't know who they are, would they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, years ago, you had James Oyabola, who wasn't the greatest heavyweight, and that woman had him on every show. Yeah. You know, 
people knew who he was, God, God bless him, you know. Yeah, ABA is an old senior ABA, they've televised by Wimpy, yeah. BBC every yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, I that remember stopped. him being at King's Hall years King's ago, all, yeah. you know, and all the ABAs. Bellevue, yeah. uh, Royal Abbott Hall. When, when Alex Foxing was amateur that's boxing, that's been even some of the semis were shown, and the London finals used to be shown as well. Yeah, thing yet recognised proper them. Tommy should have been in the ABAs this year. Rob McCracken pulled me up when he was in the quarterfinals, pulled him out, said, Take him out of the ABAs, yo. The wire says Boxing and Germany on the weekend of the quarters, so I had just one lad in the quarterfinals, wow. the super heavyweight. Madness, madness. The so then it would have been four ABA titles because it would have beat anyone. Then they, then they don't take him to the Olympics. I know, it's yeah. crazy, isn't it? But uh, we're getting to the end of the show, Eric. So the last question yeah. I've got for you today, mate, is um, your favourite boxer this year? Because uh, obviously, well, I've like got say, a few actually. I, I think for what is overcome, Kevin Mitchell. Yeah, well, especially being undefeated, yeah. undefeated fighter, you know. In, um, yeah, and John Murray, yeah, because um, yeah, Bernard Hopkins, forty-six years of age. Yeah, well, how the guy motivates himself, I just don't know. Obviously, yeah. he earns lots of money, but to be a fighter, especially that age, you got to have a motivation and a belief in yourself to want to do that. Exactly, the disillusioned yeah. guy, Roy Jones. I interviewed him last year, and I said, "What motivates you, God?" I said, "Well, doesn't God tell you when to stop?" And he looked at me as if I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> Tyson Fury is another one. He's done everything that's been asked of him. He's yeah. become British champion. You know, he's not it's not the greatest really fight on earth, yeah. but for what he's what he's got, he's done well. Uh, but no, I think Kevin Mitchell, Amir Khan, I think the American market bought to him when he beat Malinaji. I mean, I thought that was a very good result. You know, he's a bit overrated, Malinaji, for me. But he's, a, he's still a good, good <laughs> mover. Big name in the states. No power at all. Yeah, only has like five knockouts. Yeah, yeah, he's you've a only, name. You've only got to beat a big name in the states that yeah. people know. I mean, before before Naz beat Kevin um, Kelly, Kevin they didn't know who he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, and that put him on the map. Uh, we're just going to go through some of these, and uh, listeners have, have sent in. Just see if you'd agree with these lads. Obviously, um, Liam Griffiths has gone for uh, Bernard Hopkins, which, which we've mentioned. George Gaia went for Anthony Crollo locally. Uh, you know, he's went over John Watson. We had uh, Alan Flynn, who's gone for Michael Katsidis. I can see where he's coming from. He said. Yeah. Oh, he's got beat. P for P underscore red on Twitter went for Crollo and uh, Bernard Hopkins. <laughs> Tim Boyce, aka Never Meet Your Heroes on Twitter went for Carl Froch. And uh, Mark Walton, Jenny Barker, and Jason Ramsey all went for Froch. Danny M on Twitter went for Brandon Rios, who I went for as well. Kevin Brubberton went for Amir Khan. Marcus Trent and George Groves for stopping James DeGale, shutting him up. And uh, Danny Benson from uh, Bobby's Gym has gone for Johnny Cage because he's his hero. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. Thanks Certainly for uh, partners in crime, them two. That's the problem there. <laughs> Thanks for everyone who got in there uh, with them. With them suggestions this week that's the end of the show lads I'd like to thank you for coming in thank you nice to be up north yeah Yeah. hopefully we'll have it on again soon Joe